1: This is a podcast from Minute Media.
2: We are doing it. We're talking about Grayson Allen calling Bulls fans weak. That he's had it way more difficult in college. He is Grayson Allen, the man who doesn't care about anyone but himself, the man who will injure Alex Caruso, the man that will trip any player to win a basketball game and not worry about their well-being. There is an old-school nature to that that I borderline slightly respect, but uh, at the end of the day, come on, dude. You should be better than that. One thing that I don't mention in this podcast up above that's about to start, uh, Brian Beto, David Adelman, Grayson Allen, the Bulls in a four-game losing streak, things not in the best part, maybe in the worst part of the season right now when you look at the Eastern Conference. We'll talk about that coming up. But Bobby Portis, and I put out a video on Twitter, at the Carm, follow me, love you. Bobby Portis warming up and step backs and moves in the paint and just shooting the three. The dude looked incredible, incredible on Friday night. And... He's just turned himself into a very balanced, really nice player. So all hail Big Bad Bobby Portis. The baseball strike rolls on. Uh, If you haven't checked out the Baseball Insiders podcast with myself and Robert Murray, feel free. I'm fine with baseball starting May 1 or even June 1. Just don't go beyond June 1. Seriously, don't care. Battle it out. Hasn't been a strike in 27 years. You both look like idiots. You're not losing me, baseball. No problem. Season's too long. I'm down with a June 1st onto the playoffs. Great. That's how I basically like it anyway. Uh, But don't do worse than that. Let's not do 1994 Part 2. And everybody is just super angry on Twitter. I can't believe this. Relax. Relax. You should be able to believe it. Why don't you believe it? If there's one thing you should believe is what's going on right now. So just chill out. Do something else. And baseball will be back. And if it's not, in June, then we can have a complete meltdown and scream about the complete and utter lunacy of both sides that it's next to no money and they can't come together. Holy greed. On both ends, but more so the owners. All right. The Windy City Bulls podcast starts right now. Showtime. It is very rare that I actually will go full fandom, baby. But uh, you like that, Beto. You like that, Beto.
1: You went formal last week, right? You had, like, the the blazer on. It didn't work that well. We got some L's. You got to change it up. Yeah. Well,
2: we got to do something here. Uh, I've been wearing this oversized sweatshirt around, like, for about five days straight. So, I figured I would just throw it on. Because, honestly, I am legit bothered by Grayson Allen. Like, this dude has crawled so far under my skin. I... I, okay, and Beato, you were at the Bucks game too. Uh, and by the way, the chat is open for all Grayson Allen talk or any Bulls talk. Is we're gonna we're gonna have a hard conversation today, team, whether or not the Bulls are just a nice, cute, 2022 going to make the playoffs but not going to do anything story, or if things are about to get real when everyone gets healthy. But I'm out there on Friday night. Grayson Allen is sh- shooting around. It's the, the exact scenario that I wanted. That. He was beyond the court working with a Bucks coach, and I wanted to see what Bulls fans would do, and they did nothing. He was not—he wasn't wearing his jersey. I don't know if people didn't know who he was, but he's just dancing around. I put some pictures of it on my Twitter at the car. like he's just smiling and having his warm up, and everything's fine. And and I'm like, does anybody like? Can can I get a hardcore basketball fan who knows who that is and like just to start like a a little pushing at him. And then during the game, okay, he got booed when he, when he touched it. And yes, I'm in full meathead mode over here right now. I I get it, but I, but I, but I, but I wanted like, come on, let's have a rivalry. It's fun that way. This is, this is part of sport. You, you injured Alex Caruso. He's done for two months. You deserve a lot of flack and he got some, but then afterwards he's like, yeah, I had way worse at college. That was weak. Well, he's a
1: troll. He did that on purpose. He's a troll but but did you think and it- also college is a, well, so so listen here's so think about the people that go get there early enough for warm ups right who yeah. is it typically it's family. some families so the families take their kids to batting practice they go early they get close to the court do you think some dad of like 3 that's got 3 kids under 12 is they're just going to go down and start screaming <laughs> at Grayson Allen an hour and a half before tip off. It's not like a student section in college. It's an entirely different scenario. I thought they did a pretty good job of recognizing every time he touched it when he got announced starting lineup, he got booed as well. And this happened a long time ago. So I thought they did a pretty good job for a pro sports team. Okay. And
2: coach, I want to get you in here, but I just got to, just to refute Beto's point and fine. They did it. They did an okay job and it's a different crowd. It's, 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 it's not, we're not at Cameron Indoor. I, I, I get it. And I'm glad that we're not for the record, but when he, when he goes out and, and does his Grayson Allen act and trips IO oh, sticks out, sticks out his knee and no one on the team in the moment confronts him and Io doesn't get up and gets in his face. Io by the way and I hate going at Io I love Io but Allen's got a breakaway Io could crack him at the rim. It would have been a, it could have, a clean basketball play just, just challenge him. Lets him go. Eh I, I I wasn't into it. Dude you just tripped me. You've tripped a zillion guys. Get in his face. Point your finger at him. Give me a moment. I I really they they missed some opportunities. And then Derek Jones, he's gotta be the guy to do it. <laughs> Well like does any like that guy's weighs less than me. Where where is somebody else? Can, do we have to bring back Charles Oakley in the 80s or or, or I don't know like give me some inform, give me a good Well this is on the this is on the fans Our
0: questions about the fans. Well, so I, the players I, the players, yeah. you know, there's a limit to what you're doing at least in a regular season game right now. Uh if the Bulls play the Bucks in the playoffs, there will be a lot of blood and guts out there on the court and Grayson and Allen will get plenty of plenty of bulls uh pushed back from players. But so the question here is the fans are the fans weak and I would say yes. I would say yes. The fans do have a responsibility, Vito. Be- 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 but, but what would they, they have done? They they have a responsibility to hate Grayson Allen. They have yeah. a responsibility to be as nasty as possible for Grayson Allen. That is, at look, if Grayson Allen is saying it's weak, good for him. He's basically telling Chicago fans, give it to me. So, yes, you have to take that as, all right, this dude thinks I'm weak. I'm taking that challenge. Carmen put on the sweatshirt. Where's yours? Where's your Bulls pom-pom? Where's your Bulls hatred? Where's Where's your James Edwards Detroit shirt? Where are you? (laughs)
1: <laughs> I, but, but, but I don't. I have to dust off my Buddha Edwards. Jersey, Listen, I, I booed James every Edwards. time he touched the ball. Every time.
0: Uh, right. That, all right, boo, boo. What, what
1: else? What else is I there? I want.
0: I want. I want Grayson Hill. He walks out of that gym saying, "Man, that was brutal." But
2: outside They're, of booing, what else is there? Well, hold on. There's. There's a very basic thing. It's called at- Grayson sucks. Or Allen yeah, okay. sucks, or Grayson Allen sucks. A loud chanting that's ringing down from the United States, coming down from, Absolutely. Section, it's from Section 334, where Beto is sitting with his parents. Who par- I don't know if, if mom and dad did their job, uh, or if you were the ball. When he's shooting,
0: when he's shooting a ball, you yell uh, RBF because he's got the resting bitch face. Right? We after this guy. <laughs> like we gotta go after Grace and Allen. So all I'm saying is. You know, yes, the Bulls fans, remember, Bulls have been bad for so long now and they've been in hibernation. Yeah, Grayson Allen, that should have brought out a little bit more. Now, where I think that that they didn't as much is Crusoe just hasn't played long enough, right? Like if this was if oh. this was to oh my point my point being that
1: if it was like Derek Rose. As
0: Bulls fans, we haven't developed like a you know, we're starting to develop that love. And that's one of the reasons why it's not there. But Grace is asking for it and it's time. The Bulls fans need to wake up. That's all I'm saying. It's down to the Bulls fans to jump on the bandwagon with this team and and treat it as a contender. Are we a contender or are we not a contender? That's the question, Beetle. Are we a contender or are we not a contender? If we're not a contender, yeah, Gray Snail and do what you want. But if we're a contender, then we gotta look at this differently.
2: What a question by coach. Are the Bulls a contender in the middle of a four-game losing streak in the middle of about to take on Joel Embiid and the Sixers tonight? Never have beaten Embiid. And the standings right now, what are
1: you laughing at? I'm I'm just laughing that they've never beaten Joel. Like, how is that a thing? Not that he's not – it just, just seems thing? like even that seems random more than anything else, but yeah, uh, but it continue. is 10
0: games. It's not like they're 0 and 5 against them, they're 0 and like 10, that,
1: that's what I mean. Like, it's so crazy to think that just one time the Sixers just didn't sh- like they just didn't take a night off, for example, and just kind of got beaten by an inferior Bulls team. It's just no, surprising.
2: It, 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 it might speak to something. It's like Randy Johnson
1: versus the Cubs back in the day when he was yeah. like 19 and 0 career. It, Incredible,
2: it, it, it could speak to some level of Jim Boylan incompetency. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, we got to talk about the Jim
0: an article today don't forget that one yeah
2: I, I don't know if I can handle that but yes we, we can get into it <laughs> here like I uh, just cur- current standings right now uh, people should I probably know this but I'm gonna bring it up anyway 39 and 25 the play if you want to end up or stay out of the play-in games the Raptors are 34 and 30 so it's five games it's a ways away but you, it's it's it w- it's its in range. That you could slip that far if, if things don't get turned around right now. I mean, Vito doesn't think that's possible. I don't think I, it's it's unlikely. But they're also they're, they're two games ahead of the Cavaliers for sixth. Cleveland's 37 and 27. The Bulls are 39 and 25. If you slip to six, that means you're playing the Sixers, Miami, or the Bucks. Uh, most likely, the Sixers or Bucks in in round one. And and you're 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 an underdog, a significant underdog. So uh, the, the the reality of that of the challenges of this season is coming rushing in pretty quickly here, and I think we all sort of knew that this was likely to happen with as many guys out as the Bulls have had out, and the schedule piling up the way it has. So, and they've had some tough losses here. I mean, they played well. I thought they played well against the Bucks, and then and just didn't just didn't have enough down the stretch. So I, I don't know. I mean, are, are you lowering expectations, Speedo? Are you?
1: I just don't know how you have anyone has a different opinion about them now than they did like a week or two ago. It's the same thing, right? Like we knew they would struggle against good teams. Their schedule was really hard. They're missing a bunch of guys and they're not a contender without those guys. So like, I don't know how it's frustrating and we've lost more, but I don't know. I can't sit here and say, Oh my gosh. Like, yeah, they're, they're a lot different than they were two weeks ago. It's the same thing. I don't think we can fully judge them until they get everyone back. But it is scary because, to your point, like they're going to keep dropping in the standings, and that puts them at a pretty big disadvantage even when they do get everyone back. So it it just kind of magnifies some of the glaring issues that they have when they don't have those probably – I mean, they're two best perimeter defenders out there.
2: 18 games to
0: go, Coach. I mean, while you can't fully judge them, obviously, um, I do think you could have a different opinion than you had the last – uh, two weeks ago, two weeks ago, they had won six in a row and they were surviving the injuries, right? Now you've played four, you know, three teams that are, are obviously very good teams and they can't beat them. So, can they beat them with those other players? Maybe, but they haven't proven it's not like there's a proven track record of them beating them prior to those guys getting hurt either. So, I think that, yeah, if you're, it, There are parts of the Bulls that have not gotten better. That is the part that I'm most scared of with this team. They still do not rebound well enough. Um, That is a problem. Vucevic still is not consistent enough as a third scorer. Those things really bother me and concern me as to what this team can truly do. And now, rather than being a one or two seed playing a a Toronto Raptors maybe in the first round or a team like that. They're now possibly going to be a five seed playing more like a a Miami Heat or Philadelphia 76ers or a team that really can knock them out in round one. So I, um, you know, I never was sure the Bulls were going to get out of round two regardless, but now I look at them and I say, are they going to get out of round one? I don't know. Now on the positive front, I do believe Alex Caruso makes a monster difference for this team, just like Draymond Green makes a monster difference for Golden State, who has not been the same team as well. There is a need for a tough, a tougher player on this team, and there are certain tougher players that make everybody a little bit tougher as well. So hopefully Caruso makes that difference, but, you know, now there's got to be at least some trepidation as to what the Bulls really are.
2: There was an interesting stat that was going around uh, Twitter today that I'm trying to pull up right now, but it it basically it detailed exactly what you just said about look the Bulls' record without Caruso, which is amazing by the way that he's on the same level as uh, the same the, the Warriors' record without Draymond and the Nets' record without Kevin Durant. Like it is, and maybe it was maybe they did it with both. I'm, I'll try to find it in a second here, but maybe they did it with both Caruso and Lonzo. But it was, I mean it was significant, which is not, not anything that we don't know. But I uh, if you're if you're looking for optimism, there it is. Huge impact, gritty, unique player coming back at some point. He he also is not someone that you'll have to fit in at all. Throw him out there, let him do what he does. You don't have to work back the chemistry.
0: Do you remember his block against Giannis about five minutes before Grayson Allen took him down? Like who makes that play? Who takes the ball out of Yannis? What six-foot-five guard is taking the ball out of Giannis's hands as he's extending to the rim like that? He makes certain plays that just kind of defy the game in some, in some ways. It's, it, it's like what Mark just said. It's unique. And so that's my hope, right? But my trepidation is there are areas of the team that I haven't improved over the course of the last couple months. And the one area that did improve, at least in the Bucks game, that's going to be huge is Zach Levine finally came back to playing like an aggressive offensive player. And that's another thing that, look, I'm a, I'm a little concerned. Zach's never played in the playoffs. Is Zach going to come and, and impose his will on a game, or is Zach going to sit back and you know kind of say, okay, DeMar, score your 35? So I, you know, there are questions. There are questions that I have
2: to your rebounding point um, let me ask the question about playing Tristan and Vooch together which they did against the bucks and started them. I mean do you go bigger here Beto because I, I, maybe it's me just being too old school but the concept I like it like give, give me give me two dudes up there who actually look like they can grab a rebound. Uh, I, I don't I want I don't know if they need to start but I like at least them playing 10 minutes together a game something along those lines.
1: Yeah. I'm curious what coach thinks, you know, uh, tactician background. I, I don't know. I, I think some of it first, you have to look at the personnel of the opposition, right? Like obviously if they're a big front court that goes into it, I think the bulls rebounding issues are mostly on the offensive end. I think they're top five in defensive rebounding percentage in the league. So they've been fine. Typically there. Friday night withstanding. They were terrible on the defensive glass late. Uh, So Thompson helps in that regard. The problem that you have with those two guys And this was kind of bringing me to the point that um, I was going to make is that you're just limiting your shooting and Friday night magnified. I feel like outside of Zach Levine, Kobe white, if he has an off night, the bulls just don't have any outside shooting. They were literally leaving Javante green wide open. And I think with Caruso coming back and Lonzo ball, we talk a lot about his defense, but he spreads the floor. And he's a high-volume three-point shooter at a, at a high clip. So I, I, I think they're missing a lot of that in a go-to score that can hit threes, open threes down the stretch. And I feel like without Caruso and Ball right now, playing Tristan and Vooch further limits you offensively when it comes to, to, to finding some other guys that can make shots and spread the floor.
2: It, it is painful when Tristan gets the ball on the lane and I, he looks like he's never played basketball at least half the time as far <laughs> as that form and the whole thing. But I still want to – I like the toughness of Tristan Thompson. Get I, out oh, and I love
1: him. Like
2: yeah. I, and if boots was
1: hitting threes at an insane rate, then maybe it's another thing too, right? But he's just not shooting it anywhere near his career averages. Right. Uh, what I do mean, you you got to give it
0: a little time. You, got, you have to play them together some, and you have to give it a little time. To, to see what that, how that manifests itself. Um, like I said, Caruso may answer that question uh, when he comes back, Caruso and Ball may answer that question that you're not going to have to play them together as much because you may be a different defensive and a different rebounding team potentially with the addition of those two players because there's no doubt they'll make a difference uh, tremendously in that regard. So when you're, you know, you're talking about offense with Tristan and Vuce together, but the Bulls are losing because they can't defend. The Bulls are losing right now. They, they are not losing because they can't offensively win games. They are losing right now because they cannot defend at the end of the games. I mean, Atlanta scored oh, at 100 points in the fourth quarter. They couldn't stop Gabe Vincent and Tyler Hero. They, uh, John Morant just absolutely torched them like crazy. And at the end of the Bucks game, that fourth quarter, the Bulls are up 88-81. Bulls were up 88 81 going in that fourth quarter, and they could not stop the Milwaukee Bucks. So, you know, I mean,
2: it, it was
1: at the going end away. of the day, you're
0: going to have to find some defensive answers.
1: Right. But, but that's just like, are you better with those two guys defending? Because I'm okay oh. with playing closing with Trimson, Tristan, but. I mean you still have Booch out there maybe going up a much more athletic four that you have to go against so it depends on the personnel that you're going well, with. well I'm at least gonna experiment with that right yeah, now totally. because what
0: they're doing what they have been doing with the current group they well, have, you have it's to lose right has <laughs> kind of done so yeah yeah
2: well here here's the question and I, I don't know the answer to this either I'm just firing questions at the two of you and I don't you know you're gonna have trouble knowing the answer here also but do the bulls have an edge in the playoffs let's be realistic about this uh, in, in his history with Billy figuring out what to put on the court. I mean, to, to me, this is a, this is a how this goes. Billy Donovan's going to have a lot of impact here. Like, and, and this is probably unfair on Friday night, but they pulled IO, you know, early, early in the fourth quarter and then brought him back with about five minutes to go. And it just didn't work. Like he was, he was cold he had, a, and he was a huge had a, he played a phenomenal third quarter like changed the game yeah, I, was kidding. I mean end to end setting up Derrick jones for the for the dunk i mean he was all over the court he was phen- maybe the best stretch he's had but then when he came back in you kind of needed some shooting at that point cuz you're down and, and and he and he oh you also needed some defense and he wasn't stopping anyone so i i was like it just didn't it felt like that was not the the way he had done it uh, maybe there were no right buttons to push, but well, I. Just, what, I think what, do you, what do you
0: mean by the Bulls having an edge with Billy Donovan? Are you saying he's a better coach than the other coaches in the yeah, East?
2: Yeah, yeah, Is he going to out-strategize someone? Like, I think you need, like, are you are you at a deficit? Like, I, somebody putting together whatever healthy pot as healthy and assuming that everybody gets healthy. Somebody putting that all together. I think it's a lot on Billy and how on on his ability to realize what works and get up, get that thing cooking as quick as possible. Like,
0: I think there'll be a lot of pressure on Billy. There's not going to be a tremendous amount of pressure on Billy this year, just because, you know, if the bulls lose, no, one's going to say, yeah, we thought the bulls were going to win this year. Right. So he's not going to, he's not going to be under a tremendous amount of pressure this year, but at some point he will be, but where he will face some, a lot of scrutiny is, you know, at Oklahoma city, he didn't, you know, he didn't get them to the NBA Finals. You know, they, they ended up losing a 3-2 lead. He He's never been the NBA Finals. And, and, I mean, I don't think there's any way that you're going to say right now that you know Billy Donovan is a better coach than Eric Spolstra or Doc Rivers is Philadelphia's coach. Budenholzer has now won an NBA championship and has coached a lot of playoff games in the last few years. So, you know, Billy's got a lot to prove in the playoffs you know, when he's in the playoffs, there's going to be a lot for him to prove. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, I think it makes it tough too. I totally agree. I think it's tough too, that he's going to have to figure it out super quickly, right? By the time those guys get back, if they all remain on schedule and you have ball Caruso and Williams, when you think about figuring out the rotation, they're going to have what, six ish, seven games left to, to kind of, and those guys might even be limited when they come back to try to figure it out. So I think that he will have a huge impact, you know, one way or the other, talking about Donovan as we head into the postseason.
0: I mean, one thing I'll say about Billy, he's been very positive in the year and a half that he's been with the Bulls. He's been a very positive presence in, uh, you know, even last year in his, you know, what he would talk about, whatever. The last week though, he's been a lot more forthcoming about what he's upset about. And he's challenging these players. He's like, "Listen, I don't want to hear about Lonzo and Alex out like some of these guys are not doing what I." And believe me, that's not at Io Sumu and Javante Green and all those guys. That's okay. including Demar and Zach Levine. He's not going to call them out because you can't call out your best players like that, whatever. But he's he's saying, "I don't want to hear these excuses. I got Vucevic, Demar, I got Zach. Like those guys." need to perform better in some areas of the game that if we're going to win. And so he is challenging those guys in the scenes. Believe me, he's challenging those guys behind the scenes right now. Uh, and and that's why I say, you know, your question's right.
1: And I love that part about it. Uh, and this is even outside of just basketball, but when you think of just a straight leadership perspective, you talked about him being so positive. He's clearly, you know, establish themselves as a players coach, winning hearts and minds. So when you do that for so long, you probably feel that you do have that. Not that you didn't have the cred before, but you can challenge them as a whole and more of the media. And then to your point and behind the scenes as well. So I've noticed that too. I was thinking about that when I was reading uh, one of his transcripts in the post game the other day.
2: Let me just uh, by the way if you're just joining us uh the topic of the show today is Grayson Allen calling Bulls fans weak for the way they did did or did not uh boo him on on Friday night. Uh two one thing Beto, in my watching him in warmups uh right before he got out there and by the way Grayson Allen you scored seven points. You shot two of six. You were one of five from three. So, it, it, it like the, the, the taunt of the yeah, offense yeah, 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 would have been a little bit better if you had actually actually played. done something, right? Yeah, and like other than just be other than trip io to sumu, and, and someone should have <laughs> hit you in the Someone should have hit him in the face there.
1: Like, I really. when he got to the line for that flagrant, I was giving. Anything to have him miss those free throws, I would have absolutely lost my mind. And I had some problems with the Bucks fans around that. Like our section was really had a lot of anger towards the Bucks fans because it's one thing like they're not going to stop rooting for the Bucks because of Grayson Allen, but they were rooting for Grayson Allen specifically. And I was like, how can you just like go ahead oh, and root oh. for that piece of crap like oh. so outwardly? And so that's, there was the a Christmas lot of animosity
0: for Bill Laimbeer. Come on, man, that's that's when they're yours, they're yours, baby.
2: Uh, that, I, that that old school stadium that would have been a fight in that section, you if they were openly rooting for Grayson. I remember I remember back in the day there was uh it was either a Cavs sign or a Piston sign that was hanging from the first balcony and the people in the mezzanine grabbed the sign and pulled it down which was one of the greatest moments in Chicago State in history. I was I was so damn proud they ripped the thing down. It was amazing. Uh, which is what we I mean I, I, you, you know, know. You,
0: got, you you have to be good and you have to play in games meaningful games for that to to come about. And so that hopefully will be happening soon, right? Hopefully that right. will be happening soon. And and that's sure. where I'll give the Bulls fans, listen, I'll give the Bulls fans a pass because we're 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 finding our way back. But Grayson Allen is not wrong. Calling the Bulls fans weak. The Bulls fans did not come with the chip. And the players did not maybe come with the chip that you were looking for, too. Like, you, you've you got to put that chip on your – all the great teams put that chip on their shoulder. To to Once you get to this point, once you get to become a contender, man, you got to you gotta have it. you got to have it. you got to have it,
2: you know. Let's see what Simon's saying today, which is that Lonzo and Caruso will help all facets defense spreading the floor. Uh That's that's all true, and we, I think we have a butt coming up here. Yeah. Um Yeah. I, by the way, on, on Lonzo's part, like he's the guy that I'm most worried about. Are you coming back? Or like we're not getting a lot of Lonzo stuff here. I'm not seeing Lonzo, and maybe I'm. You know, like Caruso's there. He's high fiving like. Are are you going to be a dialed in dude? I'm not sure exactly what uh, what Brian's talking about here. By the way, how can we get a a second and third trade? Who I'm not sure what. <laughs> is that it, the Bears? Is he talking about he Justin?
1: We trading I mean, Robert Quinn? We could, we could
2: we could be going Bulls, but like we we just we just put in comments here. Uh, and here here's the follow up. The big pro, the big problem is these yeah. top teams M B, Durant, Giannis, all have dynamic, amazing front core players. Their own front court can't match. And Miami's just flat out tougher. Anybody want to disagree with any of that?
1: No, no. the power balance no. has shifted in the west to east. No, no. question about it. So I, there's I mean, just so many good teams. I'm I'm going out of my way. Like I, I was talking, I've watched Miami recently. I think they're my title pick right now. I don't I don't know if we're I'm going crazy off the walls here when it comes to topics, but and that's saying with all the talent that's in the front court in some of these teams, but. I, I watch them. I watch where the Bulls are at, and, and again, in fairness, they're not—they're not healthy, um, but they're—they're they're just, and I feel like at a different level, and some of those other teams are too. I mean,
0: that's the question: Is this Bulls team, Tamar Levine, and Vucevic, a nice group of players? Is that Kirk Heinrich, Luol Deng, and Ben Gordon? Right. At the end yeah. of the day, is it the same? I mean, it's the same. Is it the going same into the year? Better?
1: We thought like basically that, right? Like this is a good team. Yeah. We know they're not going to contend for a title, but it's a stepping stone. And maybe that's the way to build a team is you feel like you're one player away and a superstar that says, Hey, in the off season, if I go there, we're going to be a title contender. And that's what, at least my thought process was going into the year. They needed to change the culture. They did that. They're still a good team. And this isn't a concession speech. The season's not over, but maybe that's, you know, that's the expectations I have right now.
2: Yeah, I, I am kind of getting annoyed that I got I got I got sucked in. I am I am sucked into <laughs> like that. Hey, in a wide open Eastern Conference, this team could do it. Maybe the East is just not that as wide open as it as it once looked like. Uh, not that it ever really. We haven't even mentioned the Nets, by the way. In
1: I know you- Kevin Durant's the eight seed right now. Maybe <laughs> yeah, the best so. player in the world potentially is the eight seed. So.
2: speaking of uh, other great players, I just got to get a moment in time where we talk about LeBron putting up 56 and um, oh you know, I, yeah. So just congratulations. Great. You had a phenomenal game, 56 and 37. You're an insane individual. That's okay. That let me, I got that out now. Uh, First of all, and this is just a radio topic, but I'm driving back last night from northwestern Minnesota. Congratulations to my guy, Pete Nance, getting his 1,000th point as a cat, and the Wildcats getting their seventh win in conference, which is more wins than they had last year. All right, all right. Let's go. (laughs) So so I'm listening, and there's a topic on ESPN Radio. Who is, with LeBron's 56, who is the greatest scorer in, in the history of the game? And it is like consensus on this show that it's Kevin Durant, that KD's the most natural scorer and he can do it from all over the court and he's seven feet tall and no one can shoot the three and just Durant scores so easily. And then people are calling up, well, I would say Kareem and the sky hook and, uh, and, and just moving and like call after call. And no one is is calling in and, and saying Jordan. And I'm like, am I? If we just lost our minds. So I I'm, I I'm call up because I'm like, you know, and, you know, cause I'm, I'm, bo- I'm bored and I'm angry. Like, so, like I, so I get the screener and I'm like, has anyone said Jordan? It's like, yeah, no, but I'm sure somebody will. As if like saying somebody will like, like somebody would say like Alex Caruso is a good defender. I'm like, this is like, this is ridiculous. All
0: right. So let's, let's, let's take it. Let's say it like this, then everybody just took, if for granted, Michael Jordan is number one, so we were all talking about number but, two, right? Yeah. Maybe that's what it was in I general. Know, people but, are like, Jordan's number one, we don't have to dispute that. Let's just talk about the next guys, which is Kobe, Kareem, Durant.
2: Kobe got mentioned too, of course uh, he uh, did. Uh, well, uh, right, right, and right. I love Kobe, but, like, but this is this was it was enraging, and so, um, I, I, I well, I'm trying to make the, you feel better. I'm telling you that they all just I, knew I know. that Jordan's number one. I know what I, I understand what you're doing, and I appreciate it. But the, but the reality is, is that uh, there's just in the youth of America that are more and more prominently getting in front of microphones. They they are they're pushing. The, at the end of this, just for the first final annoyance, coach. Well, LeBron James is the best basketball player I've seen. You know, I know you. I think that I know that producer so and so thinks that. I'm just like, all right. Um, like, we, we really need to get, like, a reset here on, on, first of all, as far as scoring the basketball, Jordan put up 37 a game in his third year. He put up 35, and and don't tell me about the three-point shot. He didn't need to shoot the three-point shot. He could, he would dunk on, I don't need, I know I don't need to do this with all of of uh, YouTube, Yeah, you're was, an audience well, that is full of Well, here's the other thing that I would yeah. say
0: about Kevin Durant. Like, I, I love that people will say this about Kevin Durant, right? And Kevin Durant's an amazing player, and there's no doubt he goes down players and a great one-on-one offensive player. Sure. But he played he played with Russell Westbrook and Harden for a bit in Oklahoma City. He played with Steph Curry and Klay Thompson in Golden State. And in Brooklyn, he's been playing with pretty good players as well. Like you remember Michael Jordan played with largely guys you could double and triple off of.
2: Right, right.
0: Michael played people, people, so anybody out there that does not understand that, Michael, like Scottie Pippen did not develop into a good shooter until like right. 10 years into the league. Like you could double off. The Bulls players team said, like, all right, here's three guys, Michael, and Michael would still throw a 37 piece at them. You know, yeah, yeah,
2: right. I
0: mean, it's, it's not close. It's right. not close.
2: It's, it, it's not close. <laughs> it, it, thank you.
1: For yeah, I don't point. think opponents are worried about leaving Bill Cartwright open for, from 18. Wait, you know wait, what I mean?
0: I, I want to bring this up. Did, did you watch the, the player who's the most, I'm going to tell you the player that they won't ever talk about like that. And it's kind of sad they don't talk about it like this. But Steph Curry.
1: Curry.
0: Here's the only thing I tell you about Steph Curry. Did you see how they tried to guard him in the All Star game? In the all-star game, they had two people chasing him around to not let him shoot. Can you imagine? The all-star game, these guys were sending two guys to try and not let Steph Curry shoot the ball.
2: Would you take Steph over Magic? Yeah, I think it's a fair question. I mean, I I, I think you take magic all day, but if but you wanna go, you want to make an argument for Steph. It's a tough one, but I could hear it.
1: What about it's Steph an, or Isaiah too?
2: Steph or Isaiah, I think it's a no-brainer. I think it's, I think it's oh, Steph. Steph. I, I'll, I'll take I, Steph I, I will sing Isaiah's praises to the end of the earth. But I mean, this this dude's just out of his mind. Uh, I still I take were, Magic right now.
0: I still take Magic right now, and I didn't watch the docu, the, the show on
2: HBO yet. But uh, Jeff Miller today I'm was done. talking about it like it was amazing. So I can't wait to watch it.
1: Got good reviews.
2: I'm looking forward to it too. Our guy, Brian Williams, by the way, is, I don't think he's talking about football. Uh, we are great in the East. Lonzo slows Harden. Hey, I agree. Absolutely, We can make life pretty damn difficult for James Harden with you, mm-hmm. Brian, a hundred percent. And listen, I, I, you know, maybe I was just been sleeping on this, but like last week I said that the bulls best matchup is with Philly because I don't buy Harden. And in general, like Joel Embiid, I mean, he kills us. But he's always like he just looks like he's in pain and he's moping around. I'm just not. I'm not a huge Embiid fan in general, but the reality is we haven't beat. Which is him crazy.
0: Right. That's so, that's your crazy take. That's your cra- that's the crazy. Take. He's yeah, absurd. That's- <laughs> he is so good.
1: Yeah,
2: he's 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 great and he's strong and he's got great touch and all that. Uh,
1: <laughs> offensively, re- I don't know rebounding wise. I don't know, or excuse me, offensively, I don't know much. Any much better or def- for a big man, like in a long time. So is
2: that your is that your MVP vote? Who are you giving the MVP to right yeah, now? Yeah. MB. I'm giving it to him. Him
0: Jokic would uh, Jokic honestly be Jokic right there.
2: Rising, you know,
0: the beginning of the year I put money on the Nuggets versus like five different teams to get to the finals. And then Porter got hurt. I was I was hoping that Jamal Murray would come back in okay. March or something like that. And, and because I really think that that they're right there in the west but uh without Michael Porter and Jamal Murray it was kind of suck money yeah. but um look at what Jokic is doing now that team is 38 and 26 it's incredible
2: yeah. yeah yeah no no doubt all right bulls sixers tonight uh i mean everyone's expecting the bulls to lose and and then the, the narrative is just going to the panic is going to continue to build here that we're just headed to nothingness but maybe they stun the world tonight beat philly right the ship guys start getting healthy and then this podcast sounds a whole lot different next week uh but right now it's four losses in a row i got to listen to people telling me that uh lebron james kevin durant and everyone's better than jordan and and grace and allen is calling bulls fans weak and it feels like we're gonna lose and jim
0: Jim boylan's taking no responsibility for for losing in chicago Right. Chicago. Right.
1: No, it wasn't his fault at all. I, I actually saw a LeBron note real quick. I, I can't remember who tweeted it, so I can't give credit, but I thought it was, I saw it this weekend. I thought it was funny. It was a, there's two types of people in this world. The first type is people that think LeBron James is the greatest player of all time. And the second is people that are born before 1999. And I thought that was a pretty good, <laughs> a pretty good tweet. That I think really encompasses what I feel as well. So
2: shout, shout out to our guy, Chris Broussard is doing a phenomenal job on first things first shouting down the uh, biggest LeBron uh, megaphone out there. And my buddy, Nick Wright, he's, uh, he's been oh. taking them out. Oh, your guy. Remember when Chris guy. Broussard,
1: remember when LeBron announced via himself that he was going back to Cleveland? and broussard on like sports center or something was like hold on my sources are confirming this it was like lebron's the one that said it like your sources don't need to confirm it came straight from him so but he just like wanted so badly to be the first reporter in the know to say it so he was getting his sources to confirm it you know my,
0: my thing on that is just like nick wright's whole argument is statistics right it's all based on statistics and to me Statistics now are like Will Chamberlain and Bill Russell being the greatest players. No question. You know, like you watch old highlights of Bill Russell and Will Chamberlain. You're like, who is playing against them (laughs) sometimes? Like, you know, what is going against them? And it's the same thing. Statistics today are just so different than at any time. I mean, Russell Westbrook averages a triple-double for three years. I mean, he's not – uh, Russell Westbrook is not even close to one of the top 20 players in the NBA. Right. All, He's not all Oscar
1: Robertson, right? Yeah. I mean, I th- it's it funny because means- they say statistics, but then everyone, because most people like, you know me, I'm, I'm newer age, or I have some new age thoughts, but the new age stuff support Mike, which is funny. So like, if you look at some of the widely respected all time, like value numbers going really deep when it comes to like, box plus minus like the things that the top analyst guys use they look at the all-time seasons and Jordan's got like six of the top 10 and is has got as a head so it's like when everyone uses like some of the statistics I was like fine you want to use stats I'll use the new age stuff that you're all referencing so like every corner it comes back to Mike and I I always say, I hate getting into this argument and then I find my way into it anyway, but I just had to throw that out there.
2: It, 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 it's, it's standing the test of time, this argument. It's, it's,
1: it's <laughs> very- You can use that in your videos now. <music> Families.
0: Well, so the question here is, the fans, are the fans weak? And I would say yes.
1: This program was recorded on tape for a live audience.
2: Section three thirty four, where Beto is sitting with his parents. Who par- I don't know if, if mom and dad did their job. You were hey, the one. Ball- <laughs> Grayson sucks, or Alan okay. sucks, or Grayson Allen sucks. A loud chanting that's ringing down from the United States, coming down. Absolutely. From section-
1: Families.
0: Harmon put on the sweatshirt. Where's yours? Where's your bull's pom-pom? Where's your bull's hatred? Where's your James Edwards Edwards?
1: Detroit shirt? Where are you? I have to dust off my Buddha Edwards. Wild Bills, Oregon Outlet, features some of the most unique glass smoking products created by the top glass blowers in the state. From pipes to bongs to Delta products, Wild Bills is Oregon's number one glass smoking products outlet. If you're hearing this, you are within reach of our store, conveniently located at 202 North Redwood Highway in Cave Junction. Stop by Wild Bills, Oregon Outlet today or call us at 541 761 9084.